Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Eric Bilstadt, should we be concerned that Scafidi has this big knife that is, like, like stuck in the, the little divider between like where my pod is and where his pod is. <laughs> why why is there a knife there? Okay, good. Oh, you have you haven't seen the knife? I have not oh, seen it. it's just, well, his story is some listener sent it to him. But it's a big knife. <laughs> you know, and, it, and it's not in a drawer. It's just I mean, it it's in you know, he's got this little whiteboard and it's stuck next to the whiteboard. Oh no, the the hilt is uh, no, what we we were world? all kind of looking yes, what in the world exactly? Perhaps some, he's sending a message. I don't I, I don't know. I mean I'm I'm waiting like I said, I'm waiting for Macure to come in with a handgun and for oh, Nick Van man. Wagen to come in with an AR-15. I'm, I'm just thinking, huh, that's that's kind of interesting that we've got this big hmm. knife prominently displayed in the workplace. Remember we had a program director, a couple, couple program directors ago, who there was a story in USA Today that listed the the 10 characteristics of like workplace shooters and, and he fits seven of them and he had it up on his door. Yeah, he's like <laughs> proud of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, just, that was kind of, it was sort of like, huh, I, I'd say, I'd say, Joe, you realize that's not a good thing. <laughs> the, the, the fact that you, you fit into seven of these, oh, I just think it's kind of funny. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, I'm glad I'm on your good side. <laughs> or you, know, you, you never know. I just, I would just want to no, go over there and look. He's got a big old knife right, hanging there. Look at that. Um, yeah, and then, Good enough. Okay, let's get the show started. Get, get the scafidi and the knife out of my out of my mind here. Hey, I did something yesterday that was extremely cool. I, I went out. It was the first day of early in person absentee voting. That's a mouthful. Um, after I got off of work, my, my wife and I went to our local polling place at City Hall and and uh, and voted in person. Could not have been easier. Matter of fact. They, they they had it down to a science. I, I think I had to wait maybe about ten minutes or so. But but the people at the polling place just did an outstanding job of of getting you in. Uh, and it, it just like I say, ten minutes in and out. You fill out the ballot, and then they give you the envelope. You put it in the envelope. You give it to the gal behind the counter, and she in front of you. She seals it. She witnesses it. She stamps it. She puts it in the bag. Um, short of actually putting it through the machine yourself. I don't think that there's any way that you could expect more more security. Interestingly enough, I happen to be, long story, I won't tell it, but we, we ended up having to go back a, a second time. I voted, and we had to go back for, for my wife to vote. And so we were the last people where I vote. The, the polling place closes at 4.30, so we were the last people in there at 4.30. So I got I, I got to watch them. I mean, they, they shut it down exactly at 4.30. Now, if you were in line or whatever, you got to finish the vote. But we were the last people out, and I got an opportunity to watch how they they secured the, the ballots because, you know, they they were putting them in these locked things, and they were, like, whistling them into the back somewhere. All, all I'm saying is that at least at the polling place I was at, it could not have been easier. They did a tremendous job. I am... I am confident that my ballot is going to be counted, and I really had no concerns about fraud or anything of the like. Um, so for the, to the extent that people are worried about that, now that, that's the way to go. If you, if you, for whatever reasons, don't trust the U.S. mail with your ballot or things like that, I, I understand that. And that's not a knock on the U.S. mail. It's just it's just kind of what the reality is. Do the early in-person absentee voting. It goes excre- incredibly smoothly. And I am prominently wearing my I voted sticker. So that is out of the way. All right.
If you follow me on Twitter, a number of new postings up. It's at Jeff Wagner 620, and a couple of them are uh, sort of tip-offs of where we want to go on the program today. Um, One has to do with a wonderful company that really, if I am the management of Strauss Brands this morning, I have to be shaking my head. Um, if, if you want a link to the story I'm referring to, again, you can follow me um, on on Twitter. It's at Jeff Wagner 620. But honest to God, people have lost their minds. You've got these NIMBYs that is not in my backyarders in Franklin who managed to yesterday convince the Franklin what City Council to kill a proposed $73 million expansion by Franklin-based Strauss Brands, in part because some people object to the morality of meatpacking facilities. So in other words, this is the this is the you know the the anti let's not eat meat crowd, um, to which my response is give me strength and pass the steak sauce. But but here's the deal. Strauss brands, um, it is a slaughterhouse, it is a meat packing facility but it is a it's a state of the art facility. Right now they've got a 40,000 square foot facility on South 60th Street in the Franklin Business Park. If you were to go down there and drive by it, you would not know that it is a meatpacking facility. That this isn't 1912 and Upton Sinclair's book The Jungle about the Chicago stockyards. This is a state of the art facility. You, you don't get any smells. You don't get any noises. You don't know what is going on in this facility. It's no different than any other manufacturing facility. And arguably, I, I think it, it's, for example, there, there's less pollution and less problems caused by this facility than, say, you know, your typical cardboard box manufacturing company. Anyhow, Strauss has outgrown its facility, the current one. And you will recall they were they were wooed by the city of Milwaukee. The city of Milwaukee convinced Strauss to move and build a new facility in Century City, which is about about thirty blocks from where I'm sitting now. Century City is the old um, uh, the old American Motors plant, the old Tower Automotive plant that's you know in the heart of of the city. They've uh, the city spent a ton of money renovating it, trying to turn it into a business park, and they have largely, not completely, but they've largely failed in trying to attract businesses. The idea is we want to attract businesses, and then what's going to happen is that's going to provide jobs for the neighborhood, and they're hoping that it would then you know create like a, a spillover. So if you've got several hundred people that are now working at that facility, maybe you're going to have some stores or restaurants or other businesses there to come into the area to service the those workers, and if you have a, a good base tenant, maybe that's going to make it easier to attract other people. So Strauss said we were moving into the city. All right, that was all well and good. The mayor was doing cartwheels. The city development commissioner was doing cartwheels. Many members of the common council were doing cartwheels until some of the neighbors, without ever having looked at the Strauss facility, without understanding what they were really objecting to, started to complain, oh, we don't want a slaughterhouse in our area. We we don't want the state-of-the-art meatpacking facility without understanding what that meant. So they started complaining and complaining, and finally the folks at Strauss Brand simply said, look, oh, okay, you know, we, we 
it, once the aldermen for the area pulled out support, they said, "Look, we we don't want to fight this battle. If you don't, if you don't want us, if you don't want, you know, uh, a seventy-five million dollar facility that brings two hundred and fifty jobs, um, okay, that that's fine. We'll we'll go somewhere else." So what they decided to do is they decided, okay, here's what we're going to do. Our our home is in Franklin. We will stay in Franklin. So what they wanted to do is they wanted to, you know, build a new larger plant um, on 30 acres off of West Loomis Road. $73 million, $61 million would have gone to building infrastructure, $12 million would have gone to equipment. Um, the, the facility would have allowed them to continue to grow. Uh, again, you'd be looking at lots more jobs, maybe as many as 100 plus more jobs. It, and, and everybody was thrilled about this till some of the not-in-my-backyarders out in Franklin decided, well, we, we don't want this here. And so they started complaining. And yesterday, by a vote of 4-2-2, to two, the city turned down their application saying, well, um, we, we don't believe that you've showed that you're not going to have an adverse impact to the character of the area. And we are afraid this might diminish or impair property values. And part of the thing that was driving this is some of the people showing up and saying they are concerned with the, quote, morality or lack thereof of meatpacking facilities. All right. So as a result, Strauss is apparently now back to square one. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. I, I swear, my head is about to explode. We talk about how, especially nowadays, especially in a COVID-19 world where you've got businesses that are closing right and left, people losing their jobs right and left, you have a great Franklin-based company with a long track record of success who wants to build a state-of-the-art facility in an area and now it's like, well, we don't think that meatpacking is moral, and and you know we're 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 concerned if you put this all in eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm I'm sorry, this is nothing short of of crazy, and you know if people in Franklin wonder. I don't know why their taxes end up going up because they, they don't have a, a good economic base or they wonder if jobs are going to disappear, if Strauss decides, okay, fine, you don't want us, we're going to go somewhere else. They have only themselves to blame. 855-616-1620. That's at least what I think. What do you think? You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Shame on Franklin. And, and, and shame on getting sucked into this idea that we've got this wonderful local business, but we don't want to allow it to expand because, well, some people don't like to eat meat. And, gee, we're concerned that there might be a few more trucks or, or whatever. That's just crazy talk. And it is. And the, the, the bottom line is, you know, Franklin last night, by saying no to Strauss Brands, has turned down tens of millions of dollars of additional development. Their plan was to add 
Um, another, they employ about 150 people at their current location. They plan to add 110 more employees in the next year, and then another 50 in the following years. All right, good paying jobs. These jobs typically average $54,000 a year plus benefits. And the people in Franklin, at least four members of the Common Council, said no to this. We don't want these jobs, in part because at least a handful of people, many of whom aren't even from Franklin, decided, well, we don't, we don't like meat. You know, we, we, we don't think people should eat meat. Well, okay, that's well and good, but the bottom line is, there, you know, people are going to be eating meat, and Strauss is going to be doing their production, and they're going to be doing it now apparently somewhere other than Franklin. Um, Fred in Franklin. Fred, your neck of the woods. Hello. Hi, uh, uh, Jeff. Uh, uh, I'm a former mayor of Franklin. I was mayor for more than 13 years. Obviously, Strauss was with us at the time. A great corporate citizen, a great uh, addition to the community. I looked at their uh, proposal. I don't see any of the issues that people tried to raise about odors or traffic or uh, trucks going through, anything like that. I think this was a a, a very good project, and I'm very, very disappointed that it was turned down. I'm hoping that one of the aldermen who voted against it will ask for reconsideration because I have a feeling that once the whole community speaks about this issue, you may see a, a change of mind by the council. So, Fred, what, what do you think was driving this? I mean, it's it just, you know, you, you, first of all, Strauss has a track record, like you were saying, in Franklin. I mean, right. everybody knows what kind of company that this is. Right. There's no worries about it. That You know, they say, hey, look, you know, people people are worried about water pollution. Well, we're going to be putting in a pretreatment facility. Truck traffic, right. it's really not going to be any different than the one that we right. have now. Right. We're going to have the, the scrubbers, ozone. In, the cattle that they're bringing in, Jeff, will never be exposed to the outdoors. It'll be put directly into the facility. There, there were some people talking last night about, well, these cattle are going to be in pens and there's going to be orders and, uh, odors and all that stuff from the cattle that's in the pens. Well, they're never going to be in a pen. They're going to go directly into the facility. Right. I, I mean, it's just this kind of knee-jerk reaction that makes right. makes absolutely no sense to me. But you get a thousand people, a lot of whom like don't even live in Franklin, that are right. are all part of the anti-meat crowd, and you you right. get four people on the Common Council that gave into that. Yep. Yeah, I attended the meeting last night. Unfortunately, it was probably about ninety to five against it. But what the council I don't think realizes is that. People who assumed that the project was so good on its face yeah. that they didn't even need to show up, they didn't show up. But the 90 people that, that yeah. did show up, of course, uh, they're all anti. And as you say, a lot of them uh, don't even live in Franklin in the first place. Right. Now, thanks for call, Fred. I mean, it's just, it is just completely and totally aggravating. And, and what makes it even more aggravating is, as we were talking about, it's, it, this, this is a good local company. I mean, it's not like you have some company that's had a huge track record of problems with, uh, you know, the EPA or with the state DNR it, that, that's or OSHA or any of these things. That's not what this is. This is a great local company who is now saying, hey, look, we're all right. You know, I think some people in Franklin, some members of the council, they got their feelings hurt when Strauss decided that they were going to at least initially explore moving to the city of Milwaukee. All right. Well. Okay, that, that that's all fine. It's time, though, to put on your big boy pants, members of the Common Council, and, and recognize that keeping that business there is a tremendous thing. Lois, um, in Kenosha. Lois, you're on W in Racine. You're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi. Hi, Lois. Um, I'm calling. My husband is retired from Strauss, and uh, that is the cleanest 
facility you're ever going to find. There are people who have lived in Franklin nearby it that never even knew that there was a packing house there. Right. Never had no idea that that place was there, that they that they kill and that yeah. they do all the butchering right there. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting, Lois, because when, when, the, this, when the hubbub started about moving to Century City and you had some people in Milwaukee that were objecting, oh, we don't want a slaughterhouse here, I actually took a drive. I went down to that, to that business park where, where they're in now. Like I say, I, I could, you, you couldn't tell there's a slaughterhouse there. Their facility, you know, from the outside seems to me no different than, you know, any of these other facilities that you find in the suburbs. It, it's not, Again, it's not like, you know, 1910 and Upton Sinclair in the jungle. This is a state-of-the-art facility. Yeah. Well, I can just tell you this. I hope that Tim and Randy Strauss come to Racine and look at some prospects over here for some land because we could use the job and we can use the tax base. Yeah, well, th- thanks. For, well, that, that's it. Matter of fact, I've got several people texting saying, "Come to New Berlin. We'll 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 welcome you with open arms." And, and again, all all you got to do is you got to drive to this facility and you look at it and you say, "I, I don't even know that this is a meatpacking f- facility." But it's like, oh, and and it, look, let let's understand what's what's going on here. You you've got the NIMBYs, and you're always going to have the NIMBYs. Gee, I don't want something in my backyard. I don't want more business. All these different types of things. You're always going to have that argument. Then you couple it with okay there it's a slaughterhouse they're they're producing veal and then you get all the people not just from franklin but from all over who well i don't think people should eat meat okay well that that, that's great i'm I'm glad you don't think people should eat meat but we're not there as a society yet if you don't want to eat meat go with god that that's fine but you know i'm sorry i still like my hamburger I, i i i do well how can you love your dog and still eat hamburger well sorry um it's my dog is a pet all right, the, the cows, there's a food chain that's here. And, and I have, I sleep just fine at night. And I think most of us do. Mark in Kenosha. Hi, Mark. You're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks for having me. Sure. You know, I think it's just unbelievably foolish that they'd turn down such a lucrative opportunity like that. And it's not only going to hurt them in this case, but now the next company that uh, is a reputable one that comes through, they're going to say, well, no, I don't even want to deal with trying to go go over there because they're just going to cause a whole bunch of hassle about it. And it's not like they're a company like Foxconn that uh, has never lived up to their promises and stuff like that. No, this is a good company. I mean, hey, come to Kenosha. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Anywhere, we're happy to have you. Yeah, you know? that, that's it, Mark. Right, exactly. You know, it's funny you you were mentioning this. I mean, we'll, we'll probably maybe today or tomorrow. So we'll t- we'll talk about the stuff with Foxconn, which doesn't appear to be working out like a lot of us hoped that it was. But yeah, th- this isn't Foxconn. This is a company that's got a great track record. They are willing to invest in the community, and for idiots, or at least behaving in an idiotic fashion, on the Common Council decided that what we're going to do is we're going to kill this. By by giving in to some of the loudest voices in the community, admittedly loud voices, but I think ultimately kind of a, a small number of them. Here's another text. Come to West Bend. We need the jobs. Yes, they need the jobs all over. And all you have to do is go down to the facility they have now, and you will find it's no problem. 
There, there is no problem at all. This type of stuff, I swear, it makes my head explode. And then people complain about property taxes, and we complain about a lack of jobs, and we complain about why why is business moving out of the state of Wisconsin? Why do businesses move overseas? And I'm not suggesting Strauss is going to move overseas, but you understand, it's when they want to expand, when good companies with a good track record want to expand, the NIMBYs get together and they decide to kill the project. Again, if you want to read more about this, I've got a link to one of the articles. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Wagner 620. Give me strength. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Just swamped with texts from people talking about this idiotic decision by four members of the Franklin Common Council to shoot down the, the, the expansion plans of a wonderful company, Strauss Brands. And you wonder why jobs leave Milwaukee County. You wonder why taxes are high. You wonder why businesses don't want to do business in Milwaukee County. Well, okay, this is a classic example of it. People are saying name names. Three of the four, I don't have the fourth name, Kristen Wilhelm, she voted it. John Nelson, who's one of the aldermen, he kind of led the charge to kill this. Dan Meyer, who should know better. He's the fire chief for Cudahy. Um, I guess it, it's okay if you're on the public payroll, but we, we don't want private businesses that are there. Um, let me let me share some things. Um, Jeff, I think part of this is racist. Franklin does not want minorities to work there and, God forbid, move there and send their children to schools. Um, large portion. One of the reasons why Strauss was considering moving to that the, the, uh, the Center City location was the, the whole idea that a lot of their workforce comes from there. Uh, Jeff, Katie from Franklin here. Franklin has an inability to build anything that isn't senior living facilities. Same thing happened when they tried to build a Walmart a few years ago. I'm 26. I've lived here since I was five. We have to go to a number of other cities in order to do everything. Jeff, Strauss should come to Cudahy, put it right next to Patrick Cudahy. Jeff, city hall meetings need to start requiring an ID proving residency. Out-of-town special interests should not be meddling in city-level affairs. And that, by the way, is a large portion of, of what ended up happening. You have a very, very small minority of people who are very anti anti-meat and i get texts from you that that's okay that that's fine it's terrible nobody should be eating meat all you should be doing ordering eating is, is vegetables and things like that okay I, I understand that but that's not where we are right now and merely because strauss doesn't build the facility in in franklin doesn't mean that they're not going to build a facility and this idea of okay we're morally superior because you know we we're vegetarians uh give me yeah, just give me a break. Um, Jeff, um, I live in Franklin. They don't want any businesses. I don't get it. That's from Mona. Yeah, you, you just don't get it. Um, let's see. Um, Jeff, they didn't want it because of the stench it was going to create in the surrounding area. Okay, th- this is the point. Anybody who believes that. Anybody who believes that just is clueless. All I'm saying is anybody who believes, oh, this is going to be terrible, it's going to be this awful smell, go to their facility now. You're not even going to know that it was a meatpacking facility. But again, it's the, it's the, it's stupidity. All right, well, this has got to be a meatpacking plant, so it's going to be, you know, um, terrible about this without even investigating this at all. Um, 
Jeff, I believe this is another cause of social media abuse and social justice warriors who aren't even in the community influencing local decisions. Shame on the local politicians for not having the common sense to recognize this. Jeff, obviously people in Franklin don't need jobs or having their taxes lowered. Um, yes, I, I think there's an element to that as well. Um, Jeff, so you're telling me that meat doesn't magically appear in packages in the meat department? Bad move, Franklin. Lots of good-paying jobs for a lot of currently out-of-work people. Yeah, they're talking about adding 100 to 110 jobs. These are jobs that, on average, pay $54,000 a year plus benefits. It's just, and, and it, it just kind of goes on and on. Jeff is a civil engineering major who hopes to design a lot of buildings that improve the community. This kind of stuff scares me. Yeah, it, it's, it does. It, it's scare, it should scare you because again, this is the NIMBYs. This is the not in my backyard folks. This is the people who just act in some respects out of ignorance. My guess is a number of those people who showed up and testified, complained, like I say, never went to the first Rouse facility at all. Jeff, it's not just the locals. There were people from all sorts of other states speaking at the city um, meetings. Well, I think there's probably an element to that. Jeff, bring it to New Berlin. We want you. Um Shame on the Common Council. Um, Jeff, I think the Franklin decision about Strauss brands is racist. Most packing plants typically employ minor- minorities. Um, opposition to the meat packing plant is racist. Shame on them. Again, I, I don't know the motivation, but th- that's a lot of the people that work at that facility, or at least that worked at the one that's there now. Who knows where they end up moving? You know, if they move out of the county, you know, who knows what's going to happen to all those jobs? But just on so many levels, a decision that is absolutely knee-jerk, inexplicable, and certainly not in the best interest, not only of Franklin, but not in the best interest of Milwaukee County, and not in the best interest of the region. All right, when we come back, I hear them talking. I don't think they're coming in. I will explain. The next time you're due for service, visit richlands.com to schedule an appointment at any of our five conveniently located facilities. All AAA approved and all staffed by ASE certified technicians ready to serve you. Richlands! This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay, uh, the COVID numbers in Wisconsin not good. They continue to go up. COVID numbers all across the country continue to go up, and, and this is despite the fact that we've had mask mandates in place in uh, many states for for months and months. Uh, the, the, those don't appear to be working. Now again, I'm not anti. I'm not an anti-mask guy. I when I'm outside or when I'm in different business and stuff, I, I wear a mask, I follow the rules and that's okay. But it, it doesn't appear that that's, that's stopping the, the progression that's there. At the same time, I, I think we can't be in a position where we just shut down businesses again. The economy can't take that. And I don't think people would end up putting up with this. So what we're doing is we're trying to to find answers for, for different things. One of the things I believe, though, is in trying to do this, you have to have some degree of practicality. In other words, if if from top leadership, you're getting instructions that people just aren't going to follow. 
Well, well, then maybe you need to like change the message. For example, in the city of Madison, they have an order that says if you go visit somebody, you know, you're supposed to wear a mask in their their apartment. Now, I just, I, you you can maybe encourage people to do that, but I find it hard to believe that people are are actually doing that. And I guess if I'm concerned enough that somebody I'm going to invite invite over to my house is sick. Well, then I'm not going to invite them. That, that's just kind of the reality. So anyhow, against this backdrop, including rising numbers, we have Andrea Palm, who is the Ph.D., who heads the Wisconsin Department of Health Services, um, coming out during a teleconference yesterday and saying, OK, we're, the, the numbers are worse now than they were in, in March and April. And that's true in Wisconsin. And it's true all over the country. So she says, OK, here, the, the next big event we've got coming up is, is Thanksgiving. And we believe... People should limit their Thanksgiving dinners to those who are in their households. In addition, Governor Evers said during the same teleconference that um, UW football, which opens up this weekend, uh, the Badgers are scheduled to play Illinois at Camp Randall. Um, He said that, okay, people should not watch the football game with anybody else. You, you should essentially stay home, no Badger football parties at all. We have to be very careful about what we do in the next few weeks. That includes game day as well as, and then Andrea Palm saying, Thanksgiving. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, look, I, I, I think, I've said this before, the emphasis on this moving forward is people need to be smart. You need to, you know, wear your masks when you're in the different public places, inside in the public places. Think that's you need to wash your hands. You need to maintain that that social distancing. And like I say, I think you should wear masks, whether it's mandated by the governor or not, whether he has the authority to do it or not. To me, that that makes sense. At the same time, I think government has to recognize that there is a balancing that that people go through, and. When it comes to Thanksgiving dinner, I don't know, to to suggest that, well, okay, I I don't want people to have Thanksgiving dinner with anybody outside their household. So don't don't have your your kids over. Don't have your kids and your grandkids over. Don't go to your son's house. Don't go to your daughter's house. Don't do these things. To me, that message falls on deaf ears because we're not at that point. Now, if you want to say, don't go to a party with 300 people, including 290 strangers, where everybody is going to be shoulder to shoulder, I I understand that. I think that's really, really good advice that people would be well well versed to, to follow. But to say, okay, don't don't go to don't have Thanksgiving, don't go see your family. I, I'm sorry, I just don't think anybody's going to follow that. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay, let, let's talk about Thanksgiving. Do you anticipate COVID? Again, we, we're in the middle of a pandemic. There, there's no question about it. It's one thing to say, okay, I, I'm not going to go to the Thanksgiving buffet. Um, at the club or wherever, where there's going to be 250 people. All right, I, I understand that. But the idea that I'm not going to have my family over for Thanksgiving, are, 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 is, is that where you are? Now, obviously, if, if you have if you have mom or dad or mom and dad who are in a nursing home and who are compromised, okay, I, I understand that. But for most people, telling them don't get together for Thanksgiving is, does that make sense? And will people pay attention? Or is that just 
white noise. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I hear them talking. I just don't think they're coming in on the radar screen of most people. What do you think? Are you going to change your Thanksgiving plans this year? We discuss in a moment. 855-616-1620. Jeff, if you listen to Dr. Fauci or the World Health Organization, they don't even speak in such extreme terms as to not having dinner with your family. How would it be healthy for my mom to sit home by herself on Thanksgiving? And I guess that's kind of my point. I, I understand. Look, if if the message was you got to avoid large groups, the, the mess, if the message was, look, you, you have to, you know, you, you shouldn't be going into a, a bar with 200 people and, and watching the Badgers on Friday. Or, or yeah, you, you shouldn't be going to one of these giant Thanksgiving buffets and interacting with a couple hundred people where it could be a super spread event. I, I, I think, I think that makes sense and I think people would, would follow it to say, okay, don't, don't have your, your kids over. Huh. I mean, I, and it is ironic. A couple of people are pointing this out. So kids can go to school. And in many cases, that's the fact. You can go watch your children or grandchildren play high school football and sit in the stands, but you can't have them over for Thanksgiving dinner. I, I mean, I just, it's just, are we going too far? And when we go too far and when we go to the extreme, do you lose the message? Let's talk to Marcus on the north side. Hi, Marcus. Hey, Jeff. Excellent uh, show as usual. Hey, uh, what, what, what planet is, is, uh, Evers coming from? That's why I can't wait to because he, he gets recalled. First of all, nothing's going to change as far as plans for Thanksgiving or Christmas with my family. What? Oh, Christmas is canceled? Uh, I guess Santa can't come down the chimney this year. No, it, 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 your immediate family is your immediate family. Your, my mother and father are not going to just sit at home on Thanksgiving. Oh, don't come by and, uh, and, and, and have a plate and sit down with us. And they're your flesh and blood. It's not like there's 20,000 people that's right. coming over for Thanksgiving. But what I'm saying is that, and then I have uh, my two kids as well. So, and they've been around them. Everything, all the precautions are safe. Right. But what I'm saying is that, that this is the same gathering that's been gathering before the pandemic. And after the pandemic, we still had our barbecues. We still do everything. This is your flesh and blood. This is like you and your wife sitting in two other rooms on Thanksgiving saying, I can't sit with you, uh, uh, my dear, because... Governor Eber said that we need to be separate on Thanksgiving, but happy Thanksgiving. Right. How now, th- idiotic well, is I mean, I mean, I look and I, and I understand, but here, here's a text that kind of summarizes this. It says, Jeff, my problem is that when Evers makes suggestions like this, like don't see your family on Thanksgiving, it leads people to tune out and ignore all of his advice. And, you know, I, I think that's right. I, I, and that's that's it. If you're saying, look, I don't think you should travel to Chicago. Matter of fact, they've, they've still got they've got their quarantine order back in place. And I don't think you should travel halfway across the country for some large gathering. Oh, okay. But I mean, my guess is that most people have been interacting with their their parents and their kids. And again, it's it's your your bubble. It's the bubble of of your family and friends that you have been seeing. If the advice is avoid large gatherings. If the advice is if the advice is don't don't hang around with lots of strangers. Don't go to these big parties to me that makes perfect sense and it's something that i think people can respond to saying okay don't don't see your family on thanksgiving i just don't think most people take that seriously now maybe maybe they should maybe we should all again just be you know locked in and and going back to where we were in march but i just don't think that's where the public is so don't you tailor the message 
to try to get people to comply with this. Okay, let's talk to Pat in Kewaskum. Pat, you're on WTMJ. Actually, I'm in Kewaukee. Yeah, got it. Uh, Sorry. Our family uh, discussed this over the weekend. I have children in Madison and California and locally, and we have decided that uh, as far as Thanksgiving and Christmas are concerned, we are going to be alone. We figure it's only one time. There's always next year. Okay. Let me ask you this. Have you... Do you go out at all now? I mean, do you go to restaurants? Do you go? No. Okay, so you you just you you just stay home. Period. Yeah. No. Yeah. My my uh, my kids are very concerned because I'm in my 80s and sure. they had no sense in taking any chances. So sure. I don't like it, but I'm fine with it. Well, sure. No, and, and thanks. And again, that that's I I see. I understand. That's why I I, I prefaced my remarks by saying that there are going to be situations where if you have people who are in in those those most high risk categories, I I, I mean I, I I understand, and hopefully people just like you, Pat, are smart enough to to recognize that. Okay, I'm in this high risk category. I'm in my 80s. I, you know, I, it just it's just a year we're going to get by it. I I understand that, but most people aren't in that situation. They're they're just they're they're not. And if you don't have this sort of special concern, and again, my. I don't know. I, I mean, I've been seeing, you know, my 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 stepdaughter. Um, I've been seeing my stepdaughters. I've been seeing, you know, my friends' grandkids. You know, I I have a a so. I don't think I'm irresponsible. I don't go out to these large gatherings and stuff. But I I have a social bubble of friends that I I see. And and yeah, I we're going to get together. The family is going to get together on on Thanksgiving, and it's not unlike the fact that, yes, our, our family gets together. We were at a funeral a week ago, uh, and yes, and we, we showed up to watch my uh, my wife's grandson play football last Thursday night. I guess I do think if the kids can go to school and, you know, we can, we can have freshman football games, socially distanced, you know, staying again in your bubble, it's tough for me to understand how you're going to be able to sell don't go to Thanksgiving. Now, if you don't feel comfortable doing it go with god don't go i I understand that but i think when the governor puts out this message people just start to roll their eyes he would be better off saying don't have a party with 50 strangers you know to watch the badgers game that is a recipe for disaster don't go to some 200 person gathering to celebrate thanksgiving but to say don't have your kids over for thanksgiving it's a tough sell Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Okay, let, let's see where we go from here. We, we've annoyed the, the people who don't think that we should eat meat by endorsing the, the meatpacking facility that they wanted to build in, in Franklin. So I'm getting all the hostile email from all the, the PETA folks who just think that we should be eating nothing but plants. Okay, that, that, that's fine. And then in the last segment, we annoyed all the people that don't think we need to have a, a, a balanced approach to COVID and, and think that while it's okay to go to the stores and it's okay to go to football games, we, we can't get together with our family on, on Thanksgiving because it's too much of a risk for most people to do it. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think we just have to have a balanced approach. So, okay, who should we pick a fight with this segment? I have it. I have it. Let's talk about the Trump campaign. All right. I, I sent out a, a tweet uh, about this, and I, I'm, I'm willing to discuss this, but I, I swear it is almost as if I think President Trump is trying to lose this campaign. And if I send out a tweet, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Jeff Wagner 620. There, there's a, a really 
interesting piece that um, I think my link is to the Baltimore Sun, but it, it's a it's a column by a liberal columnist who writes for the New York Times named Russ Dodat, and he his his point in his column is that if you look at at what President Trump has been doing over the course of the last couple months, it's almost as if he's trying to lose the election. Now, feel free to disagree with me, but I, I continue to believe that this election, like many elections, is going like most elections, is going to be based on the 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 issues that matter the most to most people. What are those two things as we sit here in October of 2020? Well, number one, it it's the pandemic. It is the response to the the numbers. And, and by the way, we focus on Wisconsin and the numbers, but the numbers of, of, of COVID cases are skyrocketing all over the country. And matter of fact, the numbers of COVID cases are skyrocketing all over the world. That That's just, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you are, with the exception perhaps of a couple Asian countries, um, that the numbers, you know, there's been a huge resurgence as it starts to get colder, which is why I think we're, we're really just kind of playing defense until we we get a, a vaccine that gets widely disseminated. But, you know, it, it's not just a uniquely Wisconsin problem. It's not a uniquely American problem. It's it's a worldwide problem due to the nature of, of this disease. But people care about it. I mean, people want to be able to resume their own lives. And then you've got the folks who are saying, no, we can't go out anywhere. And then you've got folks saying, well, we should be able to live like we did before March. And the truth is really somewhere in between, at least in in my opinion. So you've got COVID. And then related to COVID, you've got the economy and the fact that you have millions of people who through no fault of their own have lost their jobs. And it's just one of the frustrating things to me on a daily basis. I prepare for the show and I look at all these different sources and it, it doesn't matter doesn't matter whether you're reading the L.A. Times or the Chicago Tribune or lots of the local sources. On, on a daily basis, you see business after business after business that have just announced that they're closing and, and they're they're not coming back. And these were businesses that were succeeding. They were thriving. They were doing fine. And then, boom, you know, March of 2020 happens and they're closed. And it's not just that the businesses are closed. But it means that all the people that worked for the businesses are out of jobs. So to me, the, the two issues, the things that's really driving the needle um, in terms of you know who people are going to vote for, it's who can handle, who, who has a better idea as to get us out of the, the pandemic or get us through the pandemic, and what are we going to do with the economy? How do we get people back to work, and how do we help people be tidied over while we're trying to get them back to work. I think those are the two dominant issues that are out there. So what are the stories involving President Trump lately? Well, you've got the, you know, the obsession with Hunter Biden. And as we've talked about a couple times, I, look, I, I, I think Hunter Biden is an influence peddler, okay? I, I have no doubt that the guy, you know, sold his name in an effort to try to get, to try to get money. I think it's extremely unseemly. All right, so you've got that. But most people don't care about, you know, Hunter Biden. They, they they just don't. If Hunter Biden committed crimes, he should be indicted. So far, nobody's determined that there were crimes committed. But, okay, 
what happens to Hunter Biden doesn't make a whit of difference to most people's lives when it comes to, you know, who they're going to vote for. So you've got the president that's talking about Hunter Biden. Earlier this week, you have the president decide to, to pick a fight with, with Anthony Fauci and a number of the doctors. And the, the bottom line is, although I, I think, you know, some of the criticism to Fauci are probably appropriate, he's still a very respected and a very beloved guy. And if you asked a hundred people just picked randomly on from the street, you know, do, do they like, do they have a positive view of Dr. Fauci? My guess is about seven out of 10, 70 out of a hundred would, would say they do. So President Trump is picking a fight with them earlier this week. The story today is that, that President Trump is picking a fight with Leslie Stahl. She's the reporter on, on 60 Minutes, and apparently yesterday or two days ago, he agrees to sit down with an interview with 60 Minutes, and it, it goes bad. It somehow goes off the rails, and after 45 minutes, he decides he's had enough of this. He refuses to do something apparently like one of these walk-in talks to, to wrap it up, and you know he's out there blasting her for doing an what he describes, it, it, it hasn't aired yet. It's go, supposed to air on Sunday nights. But what he describes as like this unfair interview that that's that's there. So you know, and he says I'm, I might release th- this interview beforehand. Okay. So the, the story today, less than two weeks before the election, is that the president is in a you know whating match with some reporter from 60 Minutes, a reporter that my guess is a lot of people. Maybe they know 60 Minutes, but they don't even know who Leslie Stahl is, nor do they care who Leslie Stahl is. And then you've got the presidential debate that's supposed to come up on Thursday night, and you've got the president who is complaining that whoever the moderator is going to be, she's going to be biased against him, and he doesn't like the fact that they're going to turn off the microphones if you try to interrupt during the first two minutes of the the segments. All these different things, whether it's we're going after Fauci. We're going after Leslie Stahl. We're going after the, the moderator of the debate. I guess my sense is that nobody cares, or at least the vast majority of people that you're trying to convince to vote for you just, just don't care. And you almost, I find myself wondering, what is this strategy? Is this really a strategy designed to win an election, or is this just... Okay, what's going to be is going to be, and I've done it my way all my life, and I'm this is the way I'm going to go, and I'm going to pick these various fights, even if it doesn't move the needle. I will tell you, as somebody who has observed politics and participated in politics for, for decades, I swear I don't understand, you know, what's going on here, and I don't understand how the president thinks that this is a winning strategy. My tweet said, I know it's not popular to say, but between picking fights you can't win, like against Anthony Fauci, and with people who don't matter, like Leslie Stahl, um, to failing to present a clear message against your real opponent. He is, after all, running against Joe Biden. I mean, you really have to wonder what the president is thinking. Okay, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What do you make of this strategy? The overall strategy that, to me, lacks a coherent message and isn't designed to reach out to the the people who haven't already decided one way or the other who they're going to vote for. Does it make sense to you? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Because I confess, it doesn't make sense to me. I just don't see how... 
getting into a, a brouhaha that makes the the story for a 24-hour news cycle immediately, you know, right before the presidential election that makes it about him getting into a peeing match with 60 minutes. I, I don't see how that helps anybody if you're a Trump supporter. 855-616-1620, we discuss. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Jeff, he is not ever going to fit into the definition or mold of the popular idea of a politician. He's been this way from day one. You and many others are staring at a blueberry pie, screaming at it to be an apple. <laughs> Actually, I might, I might steal that. But, but I, my point, though, is, all right, if, if, if being a blueberry pie doesn't work, if you're entered into an apple pie competition and you submit a blueberry pie, you're, you're not going to win. I, okay. I used to, I'll use my golf analogy. I used to be able to hit a six iron, 150 yards. Every Sunday morning, I play at um, Hawthorne Hills, public course in Sockville. The sixth hole is a par five. And if I've hit two decent shots, I'm right inside the 150-yard marker, which for years meant you pull out your six iron, you hit it, oh, there's water right in front of the green. You hit the ball over the water, it ends up on the green. It's great. Okay, well, the problem is, about two and a half years ago, I stopped being able to hit my six iron as far. But I spent a year, honest to God, I spent a year, I'd be in that same spot, I'd pull out the six iron, I kept hitting in the water. Why? Because I don't hit the six iron as far. It wasn't working. So finally, the light came on. Jeff, maybe you need to hit the five iron. And I started hitting the five iron. Now I'm clearing the, and I'm on the green, and I'm able to play. Okay, if if what you were doing if if what you're doing maybe used to work like in 2016 but it it's not working now don't you have to change let's start with uh let's see we got chuck in milwaukee chuck you're on wtmj yeah um, i agree with the the text message you said about the previous uh the person you had I'm on. but anyway most of the stuff is noise okay except for the virus which he didn't do I mean, he didn't invent. He came to this country, like he said, from China, and he had to shut the government down for 45 days. Okay, yeah, that's going to affect businesses and affect, affect people who have jobs and that sort of thing. But he had to shut it down, and he got that advice from Fauci mm-hmm. and Bert. The other thing you guys ain't doing, or you're not doing, what's the plan for Biden? You guys never talk about Biden because you don't talk about what he's planning for the green program. You don't talk about taxes, what he's planning. Like, I guarantee you, if Biden wins, your gas prices are going to go up Wednesday. Well, look, Chuck, I, look, I, look I, I don't want to get into the merits of the Biden-Trump thing. I, but, the, see, the, what I want to talk about is I'm talking about the horse race, that the campaign, the way these things are, are running. And the question is, is it a winning strategy? And I guess I just look at it and say, I don't think it is right now. And it's kind of frustrating, especially for people who are Trump supporters. I think you have to look at this and say, you know, what, what is going on here? It's almost as if, it's almost as if he's, he wants to lose or he's given up trying to win. At least that's my assessment of it because he's talking about all this stuff that people, that, that, that are off the radar screen. Again, today, who cares about Leslie Stahl in 60 minutes? 
I, I think most people don't even know who Leslie Stahl is. But, you know, you, you, you agree to do this interview, and now you're sending out tweets, and now that's that's the whole story. People want to hear about the economy. People want to hear about that stuff that you're talking about. What's going to happen with gas prices? That that should be the, the message. Joe Biden gets elected, and this is going to happen, or that's going to happen. Um, I get elected. This is what I'm going to do to get people back to work and get our economy back to where it was in January before the the COVID-19 thing. I mean, that's that's what I think people care about. Let's talk to Terry on the South Side. Terry, you're on WTMJ. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. I have a few uh, things. I'll make them real quick, though. I think that this is just part of, like, Trump's business personality. Even when he had businesses that failed, he could just file for bankruptcy, and he considered that a win because he still came out ahead. I have two sons. When they make when they do something wrong, if I if I hold them accountable, they won't they'll generally not do that same thing again. And I think a politician's success rate depends on how adaptable they are. Trump has never had to be held accountable. Yeah, we know about the things he does and you know, it's talked about in the media, but you know, he's never probably ever been arrested, he's never really lost anything, he sells a lot of money. So to him, he can just keep doing what he does because there's never any real consequences. And he didn't have to change his behavior during the first election, and he won. So to him, he can just continue being President Trump, but he doesn't have to change and adapt. And I think that may be what takes him out of this thing. Yeah. No, I well, you see, you know, it is interesting. And it's like I I always say that you – you know, politicians, I think, make Republicans, Democrats make a mistake by by always running the last election. There's a really interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal. I might send it out on on, on a tweet just with a link to it. And, and it says, look, the problem is Hillary Clinton was uniquely unpopular for whatever reason. Joe Biden is not as un, is nowhere near as unpopular as Hillary Clinton was. That That's just kind of the reality. So you could be the outsider. And the fact is, there was a lot of people that that voted, particularly in the states that you know President Trump needed to get reelected. That get elected, they voted. People voted because they didn't like Hillary Clinton. Okay, well that dynamic has has now changed. Joe Biden more popular among the general public than Hillary Clinton was, and President Trump, after four years, has become less popular. I understand his base loves him, but these are the dynamics that you're fighting, which is all the re- more reason why. Don't you have to adapt? And I guess I'm just kind of frustrated with with the campaign. Jeff and Fox Point. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Um, I think what he's doing is he's trying to solidify the people that are the real dedicated followers. But this certainly isn't going to convince people to come to his side because I think this is something controlling, trying to control the press like that is something that I would expect out of a fascist dictator. And I, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm not alone in this. Well, it's just, but I guess to me, it does it move the needle. I mean, I understand it, it plays to your base who acknowledge, as do I, that by the way, there, there's a huge left-wing bias in, in the media. But I mean, I guess I'm trying to think, okay, is somebody going to vote for President Trump because, gee, Leslie, he, you know, he walked out on Leslie Stahl. No, that, that's not what motivates people to vote. They want to know when they're going to get their job back or, or when they're going to get the money to pay their rent. That, those are the things you need to be talking about a week and a half before the election, don't you? Well, if, if it moves the needle, it's not going to move the way he wants it to. It's, it's uh, People are going to see his behavior, and they're going to start tuning him out and trying to focus on these other issues you mentioned. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, th- I guess that that's 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 the thing. Now, look, 
I, as whenever we have these conversations, I, I understand. I did not see a Trump victory in 2016, and I know that there are a lot of people, and maybe you're one of them, who are, are just absolutely convinced that regardless of what the polls say, regardless of where the campaigns are spending time and money, that, that, that there's going to be this huge pro-Trump vote, and he's going to win in a landslide. And, and you may very well be right. Look, I, I acknowledge that. You may very well be right. I'm just saying by all typical standards of political analysis, if you're trying to be objective, you look at what's going on here and you say, gee, why are we worried about Leslie Stahl? Why are we picking a fight with a very popular Anthony Fauci? Why aren't we talking about exactly that? Why aren't we talking about, you know, what Joe Biden's ideas or lack of different ideas would be with regard to COVID? That's that's what I think people want to hear. Back with more in just a minute. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Here's a couple of texts. Jeff, I texted earlier this week. I don't know why the president isn't outing some of the things that he actually did, like brokering some of the Arab countries in the Middle East to recognize Israel. At least he's done some great foreign policy things that have, you know, actually worked. I I mean, yeah, Jeff, I wondered all along why his commercials and his campaign doesn't run on the merits of all that he had been done prior to COVID. COVID changed everything, and I get that, and it's not his fault. I don't know that he can truly fix it, but run on the merits of what you did and can do. Yeah, see, that's to, to me, that's kind of the key. You know, do the Morning in America campaign. Talk about the various foreign policy successes. And don't text me and say, well, there's been all these drawbacks. But, I mean, talk about the Middle East. You know, talk about the deals that you've you've cut with regard to arms limitations with Russia. Do that type of stuff. Talk about, you know, how the economy was going great guns. Show all those things. Focus on what your plan is to get back to it. Focus on Biden's lack of a plan or whatever you want to say. But that's the type of stuff instead of, hey, I want to pick a fight with Anthony Fauci, which I don't think gets you anywhere. That's just my unsolicited political advice for what it's worth. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. This week's sponsor for the Wagner Home Improvement Showcase presented by Great Midwest Bank is All-American Window and Door. They are the experts in making your dreams a reality. Find them at allamericanwindowanddoor.com. All-American Windows and Doors have been providing quality replacement windows, doors, and siding to southeastern Wisconsin for 36 years. In October, they've got $200 off windows, not to mention they have home improvement financing options that cater to your needs. Come on in, visit their showroom. They're located right off of Mequon Road in Germantown. And if you're not ready for an in-person visit, they have a virtual showroom on their website. It's at allamericanwindow.com. You can also give them a call, 262-255-7170. Estimates are free. Speaking of in-person visits, Channel 12 reporting that President Trump um, is scheduled to make a campaign stop in Milwaukee on Saturday. Now, he was at in Janesville last Saturday. Um, the report says he is expected to hold a rally at Mitchell International Airport. No other details have been released. But, um, again, one of these airport rallies that typically attract lots and lots of people. Governor Evers is probably just going ballistic because this is Governor Evers who says, don't get together with your kids and your family members for Thanksgiving. But, uh, you know, don't go watch the Badgers game with other people. But, you know, President Trump coming to the airport. Uh, We live in an interesting time. Once we get more details, we'll advise you of that. But right now, tentatively, the president planning to make a campaign stop in Milwaukee on Saturday. I I do. 
Let, let me put the whole COVID issue aside for a second. Right? Let, let's let us forget for a moment that we're living in a time of a pandemic and you know people with or without masks. Let, let's just put that aside for just a minute. If you have an opportunity, COVID notwithstanding, just if you have an opportunity to attend, you know, one of these rallies, whether it's by the Democrat candidate, now this year, like Joe Biden's not doing the big rallies, or the Republican candidate, in this case, you know, Donald Trump, they're they're really amazing experiences. They're things that stick with you for years and years, just just watching people. And I see that that's one of the things that I think is so cool. Again, regardless of where you are on the political spectrum, it's one of the things that I think is so cool about the process is the fact that, you know, you, you have people who care so very much about a cause or an issue or their candidate that they'll stand in line in, in the cold for four or five hours or whatever just to wait for the opportunity to, to see them and to participate in something like this. It's a very cool thing about a, a part of Americana. Now, I'm, I'm not encouraged. I understand that we've got a pandemic going on, and I'm not encouraging people to do things that they don't feel comfortable with doing or anything like that. But at the same time, I'm just simply saying that it, it is one of the things I love about the it's one of the things I love about America, the electoral process that you have an opportunity to to see your your candidates and to see the people that you're going to vote for. And it, it's one of the reasons why if you ever have the opportunity to to meet a president, do it. It's just I mean, o- over the years, I have been very fortunate and I've met several presidents and, you know, starting with with President Reagan. I met President Reagan when he was office, and I had an opportunity to meet Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton wasn't my guy. But at the same time, you have an opportunity to meet the president. Who's not going to want to meet the president? I mean, it's that's always kind of been the, the attitude. I mean, this is the person who's the leader of the free world. You know, go check it out. So in any event, um, campaign stop in Milwaukee at Mitchell sometime on Saturday. I do not have the details yet. Okay, is it light at the end of the tunnel, or is it a train coming the other way? The handling of unemployment claims in the state of Wisconsin has been absolutely appalling. Now, it's Tony Evers' watch, so I think it is fair to lay a lot of blame at, at the foot of Tony Evers. Admittedly, it was a system that had, under Jim Doyle and under Scott Walker, it had, the unemployment claims, the whole system had allowed to become, be, to become had been allowed to become antiquated. And, you know, we hadn't put the money into it over the last, you know, 10, 12, 15 years that we should have because nobody anticipated that you would have the bottom dropping out of the, the economy like it did in March, where all of a sudden, suddenly you're faced with processing tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of claims by people who've suddenly lost their job. So there's lots of blame to go around, but there's no question that we have done a lousy, lousy job of digging out from under this to the point that there are, there's a large number of people who were unemployed in March and April and May, and they still haven't gotten their unemployment compensation. And now some people are being told you you might not get the money until, you know, January if if at all. I was talking to someone Monday afternoon, self-employed, and she was telling me about how yeah, I mean her 
her business got got shut down because when when Governor Evers came out and issued the safer at home orders directing business to close, her business was one of those that 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 had to close. She couldn't even stay open on a on a limited basis, and she went you know sixty days more than that perhaps. She went without like any income at all. She's entitled to unemployment compensation. She said she's she's applied for it. She said just I haven't gotten it. Said and it's just so frustrating because you kind of go to the the website and you know you you put in the information and then you make the phone calls and you make phone calls and you just end up getting nowhere. Now in her case, she was fortunate enough because you know she was able to kind of survive and now you know she's back in in business, but she's still entitled to that. And it was a real hardship. And the frustration she's telling me is that. It's just that you can't even get anybody to talk to. You, you can't. She knows knows her application is figuratively speaking sitting in the middle of a pile of like two hundred and fifty things, and, and you can't get anybody to pull it out of that pile and put it on the top. She can't even get anybody to walk over and and look at that. And th- the numbers just aren't pretty. Story in the Journal Sentinel talking about how again, um, there. As of October 17th, over 7.4 million claims were weekly were received by the department. 6.8 million of the claims have either been paid or denied. But that means there's almost 600,000 claims that are still hanging fire. And nobody seems to know when they are going to be dealt with. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, just like that lady I was talking to on Monday, and I know personally several other people who've been caught up in that that same thing. And it's so frustrating because... They, they know people who were in the same boat as them, and they've gotten their checks, and they're, they're sitting there just, just waiting, knowing that they're entitled to the money, but knowing that, that there's nothing they can do to expedite this. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I cannot imagine the frustration, the anger, and the irritation that people experience being told that okay you, you filed a claim in march or april and may and hey don't don't worry maybe by january we'll be able to get you some relief maybe 855-616-1620 i'm sorry that that is unacceptable we need to do better and we needed to do better months ago are you still in this situation do you like me know people that are and how aggravating is it we discuss in just a moment Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff, ask your friend if she contacted her representative. Um, I did that. I emailed back and forth, and that's what ultimately worked for us. Um, so, you know, contact the state representative and be persistent and say, can you call over to the unemployment office and see maybe you can get somebody to walk over and pull my application out from that stack of 300 and, and take a look at it. And see, and that's the frustrating thing to, an, I think, a number of people that I talk to, that they're entitled to it. it it's not, they're, they're hung up because there's some technicality or there's a question or whatever, and, and nobody is getting to it. 
And, and that's the frustration. And look, and I understand people were overwhelmed when, when this all happened in March and April and the systems were antiquated. I get all that. I get all that. But now we're, we're in October and you're still looking at a backlog. What was the number that we were throwing around? You're, you're still looking at a backlog of almost 600,000 claims. Okay. At some point in time, you, you, you don't, don't you have to say, okay, we, we're, we got to fix this. Let's talk to Scott in South Milwaukee. Scott, you're on WTMJ. Um, good afternoon, Jeff. Thanks for taking my phone sure. call. Um, I think that, again, I mean, I feel sorry for anybody who's not getting paid. I'll start out with that. Whatever, but where the, but State Senator Chris Larson, he has, he has proposed whatever, six, a package of six bills. And the primary focus of these six, of these six bills is to, is to make, is during this time period when right now is to make the UI claims adjudication process go a lot smoother in what there's in one of the bills, whatever it like one of the bills, whatever it, it reduces a threshold, whatever on when claims can be, can, can be paid out without having to go through the extra steps. But the Republican controlled Wisconsin state legislature refuses to meet to even consider the bills. So I think that what needs to be done is that the Wisconsin state legislature, which has not formally met now in over 180 days, needs to get its act together, whatever it meets. Well, I don't look. Here's the bottom line, Scott. I just with, without talking about the merits of, of individual bills, the 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 problem right now is that you have these claims. They were slow to respond to them. Instead, and they don't have enough people. They've, they've added 1,600 people over the course of the last several months. But when this f- first happened, you had all these state employees, for example, who di- didn't have jobs to, to go back to. They, they weren't doing anything. And rather than like drafting a bunch of them and saying, okay, here, we're, we're going to have you, we're going to train you in a two-week period, and we're going to get you doing this, they were slow to respond to those things. Now, I don't know the merits about, you know, should we change the law, making this thing a little bit easier or quicker maybe that's right maybe that's wrong but what what's going on right now is that you have applications that are just there waiting to be processed and that people aren't getting to them and to me i think that starts with it being a a staffing sort of thing and like the first texter was saying it's an issue where what you can do is you can go in you call your state representative you get his or her ear and they can go and all of a sudden your, your problems end up you know going away now some people are texting me saying well what do you mean are people still unemployed after six or seven months well yeah people are number one unemployed after six or seven months still and number two people who are self-employed even if they're back in business now they went for months without having any income and they're entitled to they're they're entitled to unemployment for that period of time that they were out of work so that means that if their landlords for example carried them and didn't require them to pay rent and stuff like that yeah they're they're in that position there um and they're they're entitled to that money regardless. Jeff, I think this falls on Tony Evers. He should be taking charge instead of making mandates for COVID. Well, you can do both. But but this was a huge problem. And again, in, in defense of the governor, as hard as it is for me to say that, because I, I'm not a fan, I, 
nobody anticipated that you were going to have the unemployment compensation office overwhelmed as quickly as it was. Nobody, nobody saw COVID coming. Nobody thought that all of a sudden you're going to have, you know, 30% of the jobs just disappear and everybody's unemployed. And so, I mean, I think it is a fair criticism to say we did not collectively, all of us, Republicans, Democrats, Republican governor, Democrat governor, nobody anticipated that the system would be overwhelmed as much as it was because nobody saw COVID coming. And and I, I understand that. The question, though, is once this happened, how do you adapt to it? How do you deal with it? How do you dig out from under the, the slew of claims? And now, like I say, it's it's been six months since this whole thing happened. It's been seven months since this whole thing happened. And we're still being told we, we've got 700,000 claims that are, you know, still out there. Jeff, I worked for the Department of Workforce Development. The system is broken for sure. But if a person has not received benefits since March or April, either they had multiple issues come up on weekly claims, um, even if past determinations allowed benefits, or they had issues related to past suspensions or terminations, and there are reasons the benefits are not being allowed. Well, I I don't know. Um, Most most people that at least that, that I'm hearing from, they're going to be entitled to it. And maybe there was some question about a claim that they filed a year and a half ago, but, but everybody acknowledges that they're going to be entitled to it. You just need somebody to, to go in and process it and put that stamp on it. I guess the thing that strikes me is the fact that there are real world consequences to these things. And the names, you know, when somebody loses their job all of a sudden and and doesn't have that income, and I'm not talking about just the state unemployment, I'm talking about that that federal 600 bucks a week that was put in. Okay, you're not getting any of that, and you're seeing other people who are in similar situations start to get that type of compensation. You're going, you know, what about me? And and those are the people that I think deserve to have the help. They deserve to have some degree uh, to be prioritized prioritized and and maybe maybe the case is out of those 600,000 people that are just hanging fire maybe maybe 300,000 of those claims are going to be denied i don't think it's that high but maybe it's 300,000 well that still leaves another 300,000 people who you know ha- have had to go months and months and months without having that sort of compensation and and that's got to change and and whether it's the legislature taking over and doing what needs to be done, whether it's the governor waking up and recognizing that there has been a huge problem. And I understand a couple of months ago he, he fired the guy that was in charge and put somebody else in. And I don't know what I can't tell is whether the new boss is the same as the old boss. All I know is it's got to get done. It's got to get better because it's unacceptable. Back with more in just a couple of minutes. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Part of the way of fixing a problem is, first of all, you have to acknowledge that you have a problem. And, and I'm starting to come to that conclusion. Hello, my name is Jeff, and I'm stuck on more streaming services than I need. Okay, so here, here is the deal. It, it used to be, Hey, when I was growing up, you know, we, we there, there wasn't even cable TV around here. Yes, I am that old. There wasn't even cable TV. You you had 
you know, you had a TV, you had an antenna on your television, and it would bring in the three or four major stations in Milwaukee. You had, you know, NBC, ABC, CBS. You had the PBS station, and then you had Channel 18 and Channel 36, the UHF things, where you watched the wrestling on Sunday mornings and on Saturday nights. So that's what you had. And then this thing called cable TV came around. And when I talk about cable, I'm lumping cable in with the satellite dishes and things like that. And then the world opened up. And you had 200, 300 channels. And even then, you'd, you'd sit and go through all these things, and you wouldn't be able to find anything to watch. But but then, then after that, all of a sudden, you started to have these the streaming services, which were out there. And now... You had all these different networks. that they, they weren't broadcast over the air, and they didn't come in through the cable. What they did is they came in through the, the magic of of your computer router. And if you were hooked up on the Internet, you could stream them. And what they did is they started carrying all sorts of shows so you could watch them anytime you wanted. If you wanted to watch Friends, you didn't have to wait till they show Friends at 10 o'clock on whatever channel it was going to be on. You could, you know, go to this particular streaming service, and then you could just... You could watch all the episodes of Friends that were there, and and that was good. That was good. And then once they realized, hey, we can start making money on this streaming service, more streaming services came forward. And now you, you have... You have a ton of them. I, and this is a confession. If my wife is listening, honey, turn off the turn off the, the radio right now. I, I was taking into account the streaming services that I have, and I am I am a huge fan of television. You know, I'm a huge fan of pop culture. That that's no secret. And inevitably, what happens to draw me in is there will be some new show or some program that's coming out, and I go, boy, I really want to see that. But the problem is the new show or whatever, it's not on a service that I have. And so I end up signing up for the service. And then I, I kind of I watch the show. And, and again, a lot of times they have a free trial. You know, you get this for a week or two weeks or whatever. And then it's like, well, okay, there's some other stuff that's on there. And it's only four ninety nine a month or it's only six ninety nine a month or, or whatever. And next thing you know, it, it's just it's on your credit card. You don't even notice it anymore. It, it's that it's that quiet thing. It's like when you put the frog in the in the pot of warm water and you just turn up the heat and the frog, you know, if you put it in the boiling water, it jumps out. But if you put it in the just the, the lukewarm water and then gradually turn up the heat, pretty soon you got frog soup. Well, I'm I'm kind of frog soup. In, in a way, I was t- taking track. All right. So in addition to the stuff that we have through, and I've, I've got Spectrum Cable at, at the house. In addition to all that, I have I have Netflix. I was slow to get Netflix, but I got Netflix. So I, I like Netflix. Then there was stuff on Hulu that I wanted to watch. And by the way, I actually think I might like Hulu, although it's not intuitive. I might even like Hulu better than Netflix. But I like Netflix, like Hulu. So I have I have Hulu. Then, because I have Amazon Prime, I've got the Amazon Prime streaming service. So I have that. And then, about a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago, because, and I understand this is a flaw that I have, I I like to watch English Premier League soccer on Saturdays and Sundays. And this year... NBC, which, which owns those, they've pushed a bunch of the, the soccer games over to their new station, which is Peacock. And so I signed up for Peacock a few weeks ago, and I still have that. So I've got Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Peacock, all right? I still can't watch some of the stuff I want. 
And what got me started on this was um, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, which is, of course, uh, ABC owns it. It's been run on ABC for years and years. It's the big Halloween thing. It is a Halloween tradition, just like, you know, the the Charlie Brown Christmas is, is kind of like a Christmas tradition. If you just watch over the air TV, you're not going to be able to see it this year because it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown has been moved to Apple TV. Well, Apple TV happens to be a streaming service that I do not have. Last week, the the West Wing, and look, I understand that the, the West Wing is kind of a liberal fantasy, but I, I kind of like the West Wing. They got together, they got the cast back together to do a, a choral reading of you know one of the shows. I thought it would have been cool to watch. But I can't because it's on HBO Plus. I don't have Disney Plus. I don't have ESPN Plus. So even though I've got all these different streaming services, it seems that things that I want to watch are, and again, there's lots of cool things on Netflix. I watched the Chicago 7 thing the other, the other day. And I, I, like I say, I watch, I watch Hulu and I, I've got a choice of things that are out there, but I can't watch the great pumpkin Charlie Brown this year because I don't have Apple TV, and Apple TV is like five ninety nine, four ninety nine a month. But I refuse to pay it because if I do, I know I'm going to find other stuff on there that I I like that I don't necessarily need. And next thing I know, I'm going to have another five dollar charge on my credit card. Same with ESPN Plus. Same with Disney Plus. Same with HBO Max. Same with all these other things that that are out there. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I seriously find myself being sucked into the, this world of, of streaming services. And we all, for years and years, the big beef against cable and satellite TV was that you you couldn't pick and choose what you wanted. You know, you had to you had to take it all. Gee, I'm not going to watch the gardening network. Why should I be paying for it? And the idea was always, okay, it's going to be better if you go a la carte. Well, we've started to go a la carte. Now you've got all these streaming services that are out there. But the bottom line is they all have different programming. They all charge different things. And I, I think maybe there's other people in my situation where all of a sudden you look and you say, my gosh, I've, I've got all these different services that are there and they all have individual merits. Gee, I like what was on Hulu. And I, gee, and I, I, I think Netflix, which is the biggest one, we, we like Netflix. And, you know, that Peacock, is it's good to have the soccer stuff. But, boy, I, I'd like to be able to have Apple TV because they've got some things that I'd like to watch. And, boy, HBO Max sounds really cool. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's really easy to get sucked into these streaming services. This, I think this is going to be the wave of the future. But I think if we're not careful, what we're going to see is more and more of us are suddenly, you know, you're going to look at your credit card bill, you know, once a month, and you're going to say, boy, I, I'm paying for eight or nine streaming services in addition to all the other stuff I've got. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. How do you handle this? Do you just say no to everything? Do you limit it? I'm going to pick. I'm, I'm going to go with Netflix or I'm a Hulu guy or um, I, I, I want HBO Max or, or whatever. How do you deal with all these different choices? Because I think it's really easy for this to kind of get out of control and all of a sudden you find my gosh I've got I've got nine different streaming services that are out there do we need that many 855-616-1620 we discuss in a moment Jeff Wagner on WTMJ 
I am obviously, for better or worse, not alone. Jeff, we have Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, Peacock, Amazon, BritBox, Sling, ESPN, Disney Plus. I need help. <laughs> well, it's it, it is maybe it's kind of like streaming services anonymous, and and look, and, it, and it's it's really really cool. But I understand how it kind of sucks you in. So you say, gosh, you know, Halloween is coming up. I've seen it's a great it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown a million times. But you know what? I'd like to be able to see it again. I'll sign up for Apple TV um, and Apple TV Plus, and it's it, it's free for the first week, and then maybe you find something else you like on that, and then next thing you know, at four ninety nine is on your uh, thing forever um <laughs> let's see jeff um you've got spectrum cable and those streaming services what's your monthly bill don't even ask just just don't don't even don't even ask um <laughs> there there's just you know no no question about that it's what can you say um let's see somebody jeff you just made my day i had an absolutely no idea you were an english premier soccer league fan um yeah i i i am and and now but they're they're smart i mean so you know what they always used to do is they used to show the games on Saturdays and Sundays, but they didn't show all the games. So now what they've done is they've rearranged the schedule and they show a bunch live, but they dump them over on their Peacock channel, and you got to pay five bucks a month um, for that. Um, Jeff, I have a Spotify subscription where Hulu was included for free. My both and I both have Netflix account that we don't use until we get an offer for a free month. Otherwise, we find whatever we need on our Roku. Um, yeah, I think that there's that. Uh, Jeff, sharing. I have Hulu. My sister has Netflix. My parents have Disney and Prime. We share accounts, and as long as it's four or less devices, there's no problem. Um, Jeff, I had um, you, I had AT&T, then I went to Netflix and the basic channels, although the streaming services have taken notice, and now they're capitalizing on the shift in viewing. Jeff, all you need is Swamp People and Gold Rush. Well, there is sort of an appeal to that. Jeff, it's the trend. Content is getting scattered everywhere, with each individual library charging for their subscriptions, everything for a price, and added up, it costs almost as much as old cable and satellite, plus um, lots more confusing to view. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's that's kind of the element that, that's out there. And I, I bring this up only because... It's one of those things that sneaks up on you. It's just, and it's one of those sort of sneaky expenses. And again, what what I found, especially as you kind of you you know you read the reviews, and there's so much good or good TV that's out there, and there's all these interesting shows. And you talk to people. When when I go out to dinner with friends, a lot of times we'll sit at the table, and somebody will say, "Hey, have you seen this? Or have you seen that? Or or whatever?" And people will make recommendations, and then you go, oh, "No, I haven't seen it." And then you go, oh, it, "It's on one of the services that I don't have, but they really loved it, and I'd like to see it." And then you think, "Well, I could sign up for this, but then I've got to remember to cancel it." It's just. It's the way of sucking you in. And I bring this up because, again, for years and years and years, everybody was talking about we, we, we want individual stuff and we want to be able to pick and choose, you know, what it is. And we don't want to have to pay for these different bundles and things. Well, th- this is the future. And I think it's going to be more 
as opposed to less as more of the content gets segregated and more of the content gets split up. And those of us who are used to just, hey, it's Halloween. I want to watch the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh, sorry. Can't do that. I have to figure out how to go stream on my Apple TV+. Plus, Plus, I know that there's a lot of people out there who go, you know, I don't have a smart TV. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to watch this on my computer screen or, or whatever. In those cases, I don't know. You're kind of out of luck. This is Jeff Wagner.